1: Welcome in Patriots Beat Podcast. This is John Zanis. That's Alex Barth from 98.5 The Sports Hub. We are here to talk about day seven of Patriots training camp. This is a tough one. This is a spin the wheel. What do you got sort of day Um, after two days of uh, padded practices, more physical um, Patriots dialed it back considerably on wednesday is it wednesday alex i've lost track of days is it yeah, i i know
0: i i you think it's tuesday i keep thinking it's thursday it is oh, wednesday it's
1: wednesday okay but i
0: don't know how many times i've typed in thursday and deleted it that's it's wednesday Hey, it's dog days of camp for you
1: wednesday day seven uh again dialed it back shells um nothing heavy duty tomorrow's going to be a zillion degrees and probably uh you know a good uh you know spirited, you know, padded practice. Friday night is kind of a fun little season ticket holder walk through a stadium where really not much gets accomplished. And then Saturday is going to be an off day, which means tomorrow is really the last day of this full week of training yeah. camp. And it's a, it's the last day of the, of the padded sessions, so to speak. So you'll have three padded sessions uh, in the books here where you've, you know, we have a chance to really evaluate much tougher to evaluate today. Again, you're looking for small victories along the way, particularly on the offensive side of the ball. You're not really getting them. There's some things you're seeing, and we talked about it yesterday, Alex. Receivers are individually doing some things and looking okay. The offense on the whole, in the few competitive sessions that they'd had today, and again, a lot of Bailey Zappi mixing and matching first team, second team, in and out there. So it's hard to kind of guess. It's hard to you know really you know evaluate what's happening they're still not winning a lot. They're not winning much. And a lot of that stuff seems to really kind of have to do with the guys up front still.
0: Well, I think what's really interesting, you talk about today's practice, right? It was a walkthrough practice. Uh, they were in a lot of 11 on 11, but really at a slow pace. We heard for, and we, we played the clip for Mac yesterday about this. And we heard from Bill this morning, sort of, they've got to run everything they want to run to get it on tape. And maybe their situations where Mac, Knows he should check out of a play, but he he doesn't because it's, you got to run it, right? Um, and then once they run it all they can get it on tape and go back through it and make the adjustments. So what today was for me, I what I think today was, and they kind of hinted at it, they were in full pads the last two days. They ran what they wanted to run. They looked at the tape. Today was the adjustments. Clean today it up. Coming out. Right. And and Bill, I think Bill said today, like word for word, we're going to clean some stuff up. Cleaning it up. Right. With today's practice, this is the analogy I've been using all day. You're a golfer, right? You play, you play a little golf.
1: I am retired. Uh, Okay. well, I have golfed. I have decided that I hate golf, but it's a different story and a different topic and maybe an entirely different podcast. But I understand enough for you to make your little golf analogies here. Right
0: if you're playing golf sometimes, especially like with your irons, right? You might hit a club bad, the same club. You hit a couple of bad shots with it a few times in a row and what you'll do, what I do, like what helps me, right? I'll just kind of, after I hit, you know, the third or fourth bad shot in a row, I just, I sort of reset and I swing again, but I swing in slow motion. I try to replicate exactly what I just did, but I do it in slow motion so I can see where my swings falling apart, right? That's what this practice was today. It was the slow motion swing. It was, all right, let's just really break this down. Let's let's take this thing down to the, you know, let, let's look on a movement to movement basis and see exactly where the disconnect is and fix it, right? So, you talk about evaluating today's practice and we'll go through a couple of the specifics. The real takeaway from today's practice, right, is how do they look tomorrow? If they come out and they're clicking tomorrow offensively, we go back to today and say, "Okay, they slowed things down, they walked through it." They made the adjustments and here we go. And now they're off, right? If they still struggle tomorrow, then it's, oh boy, they went in and they fixed things and it still wasn't enough. They either need to fix more or or totally restart. So that to me is, I I know you, right? We got to do a show today. That's the famous Felgen Masline. We got to do a show today. But I think when you look at today's practice and what it was,
1: we're going to really find out tomorrow exactly what they got done today. Yeah, to, uh, to take your golf analogy, uh, you know, and apply it to myself, I do the slow motion swing, realize what I'm doing wrong, yeah. step over the ball and still race through my swing, wrapping the club over the top of my head like an asshole. So like, no matter what, I can't fix it. It's one of the reasons I retired from golf. Uh, it's my brain. But Yes. I understand what they're doing here. And you're right. I mean, even like I said, my daughter, when she trains soccer, they have them do drills. They t- they tell them to go 60, 80, 100, you know? Right. And so when you're doing it slow you master slow, and then you kind of speed it up, and then you pick it up. So you're right. They get thrust right into those padded practices. They're implementing new schemes. They're going full speed. That's the first time you're trying to get out doing the zone blocking when people are coming downhill trying to crack you, and you've got assignments, and your O-line is new, new pieces, and they're trying to figure it out. Yeah, they're getting their asses kicked. That's going to happen. It's not super surprising. It's, again, when it comes down to this stuff, it's not a matter of Is it justified why some of this stuff is going the way it's going? Absolutely. But if it doesn't fix itself soon, then you're going to all of a sudden have a problem. You don't want to get there. You don't want to get to that point where you have a problem. So we're dying to jump out here and do one of these podcasts and say, yes, the offense did it. They won. Right. You know, woo, Uh, and that's it. Uh, But you're not getting there yet. Right. It's like something. I think it
0: was you who said this to me on, on a show we did a day or two ago. It's still early until it's not early, right? Yeah. And now we're kind of, and I said, and I said, all to find it is once you get past that first preseason game and into the joint practices, then it's no longer early. But you are st- starting, you mentioned, they're going to have that in-stadium practice, and then it's it's two
1: practices to Tomorrow get ready for you're the done preseason the week. game. You're done with right. the week tomorrow, which means then then you're ramping up for a game. And if you're going to enter that not having a freaking clue what you're doing, that's going to get ugly fast. You know, and again, right. there's so only three preseason games now. So you're going to actually, you're going to, you need each of them. It's not that fr- you don't have that throwaway number one game anymore, you know, where right. you, you know, don't really play anybody. And it's all second teamers. And you're just worried about getting from 100 to 85 or whatever. You're actually going to, you got to see what some of your players have in a game situation. Yeah no it's like you said it's it's
0: early until it's not and i think yeah. it's still early but i think we're getting we're, we're very quickly getting
1: closer to not yeah so again you'd like to see something you'd like to see that arrow point up you know those are the things that 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 we're seeing but again there's nothing about today this is more of a global look of what we've seen and it's still a very small snapshot um, because we're talking about two padded practices um, so again it's not enough uh, you know, there haven't been enough days with pads to really get a sense, but you'd love to see tomorrow be one of those days that kind of let right. the offense levels up a little bit. So hopefully that we, they will Um, other observations here from camp, Alex, things that kind of stood out to you from today. Again, even in the limited stuff that we saw, I know we talked about linebackers a bit, Another, Mac Wilson seems to make a play or two every single day. Again, even in, yeah. you know, kind of a lighter day like today. Uh, And today in the, very brief competitive portion of camp he still looked uh very active and very lively got into the backfield for a sack Uh, he continues to look good again it's really interesting we don't know how much of it is offensive offense not looking great versus defense looking good but each each position grouping the defensive line is dominating uh the cornerbacks have, have showed really well less of a concern at least at first than you would have thought and the linebackers have been have been pretty good too
0: yeah, roll tide, man. The, the two yeah. best players on the defensive front right now are Mac Wilson and Christian Barmore. Saban's yep. doing something right. Did you, by the way, real quick tangent? But I want to bring this up because it was awesome. Nick Saban did an interview today somewhere yep. down in Alabama, and Alabama last season won the SEC, or, or yeah, won the SEC, made it to national championship game. Their quarterback won the Heisman. Saban was asked about last season; he called it a bridge year, <laughs> like. <laughs> can we get between the Patriots maybe being in a bridge here, the Red Sox bridge here, the Bruins bridge here? Like what do we got to do to get those kind of bridge years? Right. Uh, but no, the, the, the Bama guys, even the Brian Ray, I see there in the chat, he, he made yeah. a play today. Uh, d- those guys are clicking up front. Mac Wilson's been awesome. And not only is Mac Wilson been awesome. I think the skill set he brings. When, when everybody last year, after those bills games was, we need linebackers who can run no more 270 pound linebackers. We need guys that can cover and can move sideline to sideline. And like that whole thing, the guy you were asking for is Mac Wilson. If Mac Wilson hits the ceiling and he looks really good to start. Yeah. So I'm on the Mac Wilson hype train. I, I'm really excited about what he's done. I'm right. ready to start projecting, you know, things for him in the regular season. He's been great and hopefully he keeps it up. But he's been, he's been a big part of their defensive success so far.
1: Yeah. He's definitely been good. Um, Other things from today. uh, Again, the Ty Montgomery train continues to roll. This is not anything different than what we've been talking about Um, today. One slight difference during individual drills, he worked out with the running backs instead of the receivers. Um, So it's, again, it's very clear um, that they have a vision for him and it's going to be very much of a dual threat role. And I do think that's going to be interesting. I think you can run a lot of formations where he lines up in the backfield and obviously splits out wide and being able to. have that kind of versatility. You could see him running in the slot a little bit um, and doing lots of different things. So he's definitely, you know, got a serious inside track on that pass catching back um, sort of role. romande Stevenson was not um out there today. I actually observed him yesterday kind of looking a little off during individual drills. He was looking over at the coaches a little bit and just kind of like seemed to be shaking something off you know that he was working through so whatever that is I don't know if it's something that he has that he kind of aggravated or he wasn't feeling great when he woke up yesterday he battled through it yesterday was out today whatever something that bears watching but um, you know notice that as well Uh, anything again Alex I'll I'll leave it up to you to kind of uh, you know uh, move things around here because again it was a fairly light day
0: Right. Um. I I just guess some smaller observations. Actually, along those lines, it's just going to be really interesting to see tomorrow how they structure it. You think maybe they get back in pads and test what they did, tested what they did today. It's also supposed to be like a hundred degrees. I know. So I wonder if that's why they gave some guys the day off today to like you know. Back We're going to back really need you tomorrow. Like yep. Exactly. Right. Um. Other minor interva- uh, observations from today. Uh, if you're watching the UDFAs, right. Jamarcus Mitchell spent a whole period working one-on-one with Cam Accord, the special teams coordinator. He needs to play in the kicking game if he wants to get on the team. So, you know, one-on-one FaceTime with a guy like Cam Accord, I think that's a really good sign for him if you want to do that. Uh, I thought Damon Harris... You know, we've talked a lot about Ramondre Stevenson. I think Damian Harris is also in a very good camp item down for the catch of the day today. And
1: catching the ball, that lunging catch he made over yeah. the
0: middle was outstanding. That's exactly it. He's running the drag. Matt kind of puts it a little out in front of him to get him away yep. from the defender. It actually looked to me like he might have gone out and got it with one hand, at least initially. Yeah. I don't know that he's in the running for that pass catching role, like primarily, but they're not deep there. And they may need guys to do that that we're not expecting. I thought Harris caught the ball well at Alabama. I thought he was a good pass blocker at Alabama. I'm a little surprised he hasn't been more. Yeah featured in the passing game here, but that's just the way the
1: Patriots do things. But it's strange because you know, Sony was Sony was the same Sony was the fact. same way. You know, Ramondre is the same way and Ramondre's is that too. So yeah. again, I, I think I, I've always thought what the Patriots are going for these types of players is you're looking for a back where you're not going to be so, uh, transparent with what you're going to do when they're out there. Right. And Harris being able, being ca- a capable pass catcher and Stevenson, uh, you know, already, you know, looking very fluid and he has through the early parts of camp as well. Um, just having the versatility to be able to use those guys in the passing game. And I thought Harris came on a little bit last year with that too. I think it's great. So, yeah, that's that's terrific. Having yeah. some versatility on offense when you don't have these big dynamic playmakers like the Patriots don't have, you know, with the big outside boundary receiver or this or that. You, you, you've got to find a way to get the ball in playmakers hands in different ways. And being able to get your backs out of the backfield there and, and catching passes is, is huge. So yeah, I, I like what I'm seeing out of both those, uh, you know, out of all the backs right now.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's encouraging. It just shows more depth, right? Uh, One other observation, this is more from the last couple of days than just today. Trey Nixon, he hasn't had like a highlight play, but he's been very involved, which is good. They're using him a lot. I I think they see him as a slot guy. He wasn't a slot guy in college. I think they see that as his role. I've seen him run a couple of those, you know, in and out routes that Julian Edelman ran a ton on the goal line. I think Danny Amendola, Super Bowl 49, right? I don't know that there's a guy really, and, and I think they're a pretty well-rounded wide receiver group, but I don't know there's a guy that you're playing no. consistently in that role. That might be how Nixon carves out his spot on the team. And then, you know, if they need to move somebody, it, it kind of opens the door for maybe Jacoby Myers, right? I, I know everybody's talked about Nelson Agler as the guy who could get dealt. And I still think that if they are dealing wide receiver, he's a possibility. But I think that the possibility of Jacoby Myers maybe being dealt opens the door up a little more. And John, we talked a little bit about this when we were texting before the show. I don't know if you plan to get into it later, but a really interesting situation in Denver right now yeah. that I think is one to monitor for Patriots fans. Tim Patrick's going to be out for the year. He tore his ACL. He's a huge part of what they do in their passing game as wide receiver. That's a team that's in win-now mode. They can't really afford to waste time after trading for Russell Wilson. That's a team that might give up a little bit more than it should to go out and get a wide receiver. And Aguilar and Myers are two guys that I think would fit there. Right. So I don't know that you do that right now. Those are normally deals that get made at the end of camp. I certainly don't think you're doing it before the preseason game because you could have guys that get hurt, but, but you're going to start
1: type of guy you'd think might be appealing in that offense with Russell Wilson. um, And so I understand that that's, I mean, that's, I'm not going to say two birds with one stone there, but that's a salary and some space that you can clear up right then and there. If you, if you wanted to do it potentially for a future asset, The other thing you could do, and you might be okay with what you have here if Aguilar wasn't, though he has looked better. And Belichick talked about him this morning saying night and day sort of stuff with him in terms of what he's seeing uh, and how he looks and feels and just being comfortable, uh, you know, in the system right now. Uh, He has made strides, so you would hate to sell super low here, but you're right. If they came calling him or like, yeah, we could totally use that. That's something you have to listen to. All right, real quick, we want to take a pause and tell you about our sponsor, Bet Online. Bet Online, the fastest, easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, and events with the first to market odds and lines. And of course, the Patriots Beat podcast and the entire CLNS media network is powered by Bet Online. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in-game betting, props and futures, They have it all. So head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Use our code CLNS50 to receive 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Once again, the code is CLNS50. Receive 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts.
0: Yeah, and I mean, again, that just becomes something to monitor now when you look at some of these groups that have the depth. And oddly enough, here we are. Patriots wide receiver crew might be the deepest group on the roster right now. Uh, it, it, you know, I think maybe up there with running back, they've got top end talent at safety, but they don't have a ton of bodies right beyond those four who we think are going to start. It's schooler and those two guys they signed the other day. Um, you this is the time of year to start looking at those things and you know, who gets hurt around the league and do the Patriots have guys that other teams might want and can they go player for player? Can they get some sort of pick assets, whatever that. Denver situation is definitely something to monitor here moving forward. I don't think anything would happen soon, but once you get after that second preseason game, once you get through that, it's two weeks from now, then you start, you know, that kind of more so comes to the forefront. You start looking at it a little more closely.
1: Yeah. Someone mentioned Dallas as well. I think, you know, there's some teams out there that absolutely could, um, you know, could be in the mix for receivers. So yeah, I mean, it's that. And again, depending on, how it shakes out. Should James White return? Uh, And if you have time Montgomery uh, and you drafted PR strong uh, at the running back position, also, if you think Ramondre is ready to handle that full load, Damian Harris is another one where I know that was speculated before camps began, but this is the classic case. If some team loses their dynamo lead back um, in preseason or training camp here, uh, Damian Harris seems like the exact sort of person um, who the Patriots could look to deal and probably uh, you know live with because you know they have they have a guy behind him. I think they're pretty comfortable um, in you know uh, getting the early down work.
0: Yeah, I I wonder about the Harris trade just because I don't know that their depth is what
1: it's not great
0: depth. It's not what right. I'm, it's yeah, and I I think they're still scar like.
1: But you have if that guy. you move guy, him and you have you, you do have
0: that guy, but I think I look at it through their eyes. If you move him and you lose Ramondre and one of the rookies doesn't pan out, well, no. now we're doing Steven Jackson again, and nobody wants to do that, right? Then I they're think they're still kind of scarred by that. And Bill's talked about this in the past. That's one of those positions. I don't think you give up depth there. And look, they did it last year trading Sony, and it worked out. But I I think that they're going to st- they would rather be deeper there. They'd rather carry the extra body there versus, again, doing the Steven Jackson thing again.
1: They, they, and they and they probably would. Again, you're talking about what can you get away with? You're right. You'd be right. on a razor's edge there in terms of your depth. Uh, I just think Ramondre better see, suited to take over the early down work in place of Damian Harris than last year when you lost James White and had legitimately nobody who you felt was ready to step up in that pass catcher role. And you're using Brandon Bolden and bless his heart, he did his best that he could. But I mean, that certainly was a massive, massive, massive drop off. I don't think you drop off here, but you do thin out your depth. So depth is a luxury that if you have other needs and you can fill them, you might have to try and do that. So um, that's why I mentioned that it's not ideal, but you do have other places where you might really need to improve your roster that it could include offensive line. um, If they're not able to shore things up or if, for example, Cole strange, which I guarantee the over under on me calling him Curtis uh, is something like 40. (laughs) I think I've probably on this podcast said Curtis strange quite a few times, Um, but yeah, we'll see about that uh, in terms of trades. But that's the type of stuff that happens, especially when you get like training camp injuries like you just got with Patrick here. Teams all of a sudden thought that they were set somewhere and then they come looking. So I, I think both of those areas are potentially something that the Patriots could uh, could provide some value. Uh, outside of that, Alex, anything that you saw today? I know we it's not so much observations. We did hear from Christian Barmore. He's been such a big name at camp. And uh, because he's been, I think, you know, you and I agree. And I think most everyone who's been watching these practices, the most eye catching eye popping yeah. performance so far since they put on the pads uh, and just his physicality, a couple things that he talked about today, which are interesting. Some day was asked whether or not he's ever been physically dominated and he's like, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think so. Uh, and then to, uh, you know, just kind of what the difference was. And he was talking about his conditioning and this and that I, and Bill Belichick talked about it too, that year two leap for people who uh, their conditioning does go way up because they have a full year in the program to go through the strength and conditioning versus a few months coming out of college and just trying to you know cram for the test, so to speak. So really what it comes down to Barmore is can he be a three-down guy because he has looked good in the run game. I know part of that's a byproduct of the Patriots' offensive line is getting pushed around right now, but that's really the key to him being – that next level playmaker on the defensive side of the ball, as opposed to a specialist.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that's the big thing with him. Right. And they used a the top 50 pick on him a year ago. You want him to be a three down player. I think that's ultimately the goal. Does he make that jump this year? Early indications are certainly strong. Right. So I think you, you like what you seem to be saying all the right things. I actually didn't hear him today. I was talking to Anthony Jennings, but I did get to ask Demarcus Marcus Covington on, it was Monday or Tuesday whenever the assistant coaches spoke, uh, about uh, about the progress Barmore has made he really raved about the way i think he exactly was the way he locked in mentally in the offseason and it locked into his training locked into learning the playbook all of that so yeah it, it feels like the stock's
1: shooting way up for christian barmore yeah so good to hear from him and just his general kind of attitude and vibe just seems like a really comfortable dude right now and i know you weren't in on that interview um but well, he's know, always like been like a fun guy. I, always I know, but to he's got, da- yeah. he's got some swag to him too. Oh, so yeah. I, yeah. So it's cool. And it's not, it's nothing like, you know, mm-hmm. off-putting. He's just kind of got that vibe, you know, he's re- he's, you know, yeah. uh, so he's definitely uh, interesting in a guy who I just think, you know, that arrow is pointing up right now. Um, you know, other observations, Alex, anything left over from today? Well, so in, in talking to Anthony Jennings, it was
0: really interesting to hear him. I kind of asked him, you know, there were three linebackers last year and him, McGrone and and McMillan, who who all missed the season. And he talked about how hard it was for him. It was the first time in his life he wasn't playing, or, you know, and since he was very young, that he wasn't playing football in the fall and it was kind of difficult for him. And he knew he had to use that time. And apparently him and Raquan McMillan got really close. And they would watch the games together at each other's houses and they studied together and they trained together. And those are two guys. You know, we've talked a lot about Raekwon. Avery Jennings actually gotten off to a really good start to this camp. It's kind of been quiet. But he's been good, so I just that's an interesting, you know, it's kind of a neat relationship. Just a cool. I don't know how much it relates to football that the two of them got close. Like they're obviously playing well. That's a football story, but um, it's an interesting like human, the human element of the game thing, right? Um, that that whole angle. And and I'm a big Anthony Jennings guy. I know a lot of people have written him off. I'm not there yet. I'm not telling you he's going to come out and get 15 sacks this season, but I still think he can add a, a key element to this defense. So he's somebody that I've been watching closely and just kind of hearing his mindset on how he approached the last year was really fascinating.
1: Yeah, uh, he is a guy you don't hear talked about a lot at all. Totally kind of a forgotten guy. Um, right. Another another thing he talked about, and I was curious your take here is, uh, you know, that he's been in contact with Donta Hightower. Yeah. Um, and uh, that uh, Donta's in shape and he's out there. And again, I don't know because I think, you know, we spent a lot of last year talking about how it looked like he'd lost multiple steps, you know, and was, you know, almost, you know, just playing himself off the field at times, uh, you know, and at times he looked, you know, you could see flashes of his former self. Um, do you think they dust that one off at any point in time?
0: They Maybe. I. It's not surprising that they're talking. It's not just a Patriots thing, just knowing Alabama and how that program works. All of the guys under Saban stay in touch, and specifically within their position groups. And when it comes to the Alabama linebackers, Dante Hightower is the godfather of that group. Like any Alabama linebacker, like they all look at Dante Hightower as the gold standard, and he's very good about being in touch with them and talking to them and giving them advice and and hyping them up and all of that. So like Jennings and Hightower have been talking since well before Jennings got to New England. In terms of Hightower coming back, I don't know that he plays in the middle. What would be really interesting to me right, is you bring him back and you put him on the edge because he's excellent at that in his prime. If he's really in shape, right, he's still got the size to set that edge. We talked about Henry Anderson kind of playing in that role a little bit here early in camp. Dietrich Wise has been out, but he projects as a guy who could play in that role that Kyle Vinoy played last year. But I think Hightower in a sub role could still be a difference maker in that spot. So, you know, a lot of people I get asked all the time, you know, Trey Flowers, is Trey Flowers coming back? I think, and, and I don't hate that idea either. I think it's the same role, right? People look at Trey Flowers and, oh, they need that edge guy. Well, why would you bring Don's Hightower back? He was slow. No, bring him back in the role you're talking about bringing Trey Flowers back in. I think that would be an excellent role for him if and when he comes back.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I, personally, I think uh, I, I've always kind of in the back of my mind predicted that late that late in camp just before the season, Hightower yeah. return. Um I think that that's, you know. That might already be a handshake agreement because especially with a veteran like him who's gone through all of his camps, who's earned it, you know, he could easily just be getting a camp pass here. And the idea is um, he could be walking through that door. And I do think that that is a role better suited for him.
0: The really interesting thing, and this is like me nerding out, this is where Evan would normally roll his eyes. Let's see the day before that first preseason game when they announce the numbers and they do the rookie numbers and guys who are changing Let's see if they give out Brian Waters. So Brian <laughs> Waters was here in was it 11? He was here and and whatever year he was here that one year he played guard and he was really good and he wore 54 and yeah. then the next year was this sort of thing where nobody knew if he was retired or he was still a free agent and it was hot it was 11 because it was high towers rookie year he was drafted in 12 and high tower wore 45 throughout the preseason didn't switch to 54 until right before the regular season and they asked him why and he said 54 wasn't available until now and you kind of read between the lines Water's returning might have still been on the table. I think he ended up re-signing in Dallas in like October that year. But like, let's see if they give out fifty-four. Right? If they get at the very least, if they give it out, that kind of you know what's going on behind the scenes with Hightower. But if they don't give out fifty-four, that should tell you him coming back is at least still on the table.
1: Again, I would welcome it in that role, um, yeah. but not much else. And to bring Trey back too. I liked him. I like Trey Flowers. I don't know but... about
0: both. Just and I like Trey Flowers I know, too. It's been, outside they're... of were you the Were you on the boat of every time on? It was like a third and two, and just get the stop against the run. And nope, we're going to put Trey Flowers in a shallow zone outside the numbers. Like Matt Patricia drove me up a wall putting Trey Flowers into shallow zones. But yeah, I yeah. like Trey Flowers too. I just don't know that there's room for both of them because no, I think they're I playing was, the
1: same role. I was rooting for him. I was actually a little. That was one of those guys where you don't want to see them. You know, when they switch, you know, locations, you don't want to see them fail just to justify having not giving them given them the money. I, it right. actually bummed me out that he. Uh, you know, uh, ended up not in a great situation and underperformed that contract he signed with the Lions there, uh, because he was a good guy and he was a terrific Patriot. And that last year he played here, uh, he was dominant, so he was yeah. he was outstanding. Yeah. But you're right, you're not bringing both those guys back. I just do think there's that wink wink Hightower agreement potentially in place, so we'll see what happens there. Um, outside of that, Alex, and things you want to, I will say this it's not super competitive, uh, practice today. Mac Jones, I thought was in like really on the money with uh with all of his throws. I mean insanely accurate, 13 completions at one point. And again, it's it was the pace today was slower. So it's not the same as when they do go full tilt, full speed. Uh, you know, with the pads, but I just think his ball placement has been has been pretty excellent, even when receivers have been covered. I think just where he's putting it is really in places that people could potentially make plays. I think a lot of times when he's forced to eat it or scramble, it's really because nobody's been open. Um, and he had that one interception today where he just kind of ballooned one towards Parker, um, and Terrence Mitchell caught it like a fair catch, pretty much. That was some weird miscommunication. It looked like there. Uh, are you? Are you? You remember what I'm talking about?
0: Yeah, no, I do. I Terrence Mitchell was asked about that after practice. I think that might have been one where the coaching staff told him to misfire it to see the reaction. Oh, Just based okay. on what Mitchell said. Mitchell, because Mike Reese asked him what that was. Can we call that a full speed rep? And Mitchell said we were working on something. It looked so odd. And I wonder if it was meant to be an intentional underthrow uh, yeah. or something. It, was something. it was something like that where yeah. they wanted to see maybe it was Parker, maybe it was the rest of the defense, maybe it was Mitchell. They wanted to see how somebody was going to react to some sort of situation. Yep.
1: Taking a couple questions here, I'll throw it up here. Someone sure. asking how Duggar has looked in coverage. Uh, we've talked about this a bit. Not awesome. Um, well, he had a nice uh, pass breakup today. In he's the had zone. a couple of rebound plays. Yeah, one today, yep. had an interception a couple of days ago. He was getting... Uh, beat up a little bit by the tight ends. Um, but that was before the pads went on. And we all know right. that Duggar uh, is a guy who is a different human being when the pads do go on. Yeah, I think he's had, he's
0: had a much better week this week. He's bounced back this week. I, I think I said it to you when we did the last show on Friday. If he's still struggling without with the pads on, come talk to me. Until then, I'm not worried about it. So I think he's in he's in a good spot right
1: now. Yeah. Um, any other questions here? If you guys want to fire them off, because as we said, we'll keep this one relatively short because this was a yeah. light day. Um, someone was asking earlier. Oh, I lost that question here. Was it that Jonu Smith one? There was a Jonu Smith question. I was going to put it up there.
0: Here it is. This one. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, he Jonu's been very involved. He's and it's tough to very. tell role at this point just because they're not running their full playbook, but. Him and Mack are on the same page. He's been one of the top targeted receivers in most, if not all, of the practices so far. I, I don't know that. Like, if you want to tie that into a two tight end set, yeah, that's part of it. I think it's going to be some of that. I think that they're going to do some different stuff with him and Henry too, where they they put one on the field and not the other to give the defense some different looks. But yeah, he's had a very, very involved camp so far, and I would call that a good sign because last year, it's not he didn't look bad when he played, but he just wasn't very involved. And it goes wasn't back involved. to, uh, something I've said before, a lot of these second year guys, Aguilar, John, Woo, uh, Kendrick born. They just, they seemed a little, they picked up the playbook a little slow last year. Everything was a bit of a process where now everything's processing quicker and they're able to play a little faster and play a little more confidently. And that's going to, that's going to help them. And yeah, John who's definitely a guy that fits that description.
1: Yeah. And Henry, Henry's basically gotten open all camp. He's very much been a Hunter Henry, but basically been Mac's safety. That's solid. Yeah. I I would say the, you know, even on the days that the offense has struggled, you can always count on, uh, you know, Mac finding Henry or Henry getting open, even if it's, just for a quick out or some completion. So he's been pretty steady. And I think that that's he's the kind of, you know, the safety valve, Mr. Reliable out there. And John, who is a guy, you potentially hope uh, is a bit more of a playmaker. And we talked about getting him the ball closer to the line of scrimmage, letting him run after the catch and just finding other ways to get him um, out there making plays. Cause they could definitely use that someone asking here, how his Wade looked? Um, he did get beat on a ball today. Christian Wilkerson might've been one of the better plays of, uh, of the day, but overall um, your impressions of Wade. Yeah, I, he's been,
0: his name hasn't come up a ton, which is a good thing with the corner, right? He hasn't made any standout plays, but I don't know how many times I've been like, "Who is in coverage? Oh, Sean Wade. Like there haven't been a ton of those moments. He's been solid, which should be enough to get there, to, to, to get there on this team. Because again, they don't have a ton of cornerback depth. So right. I would say he's been encouraging. I don't know that he's been great. I don't know that he's been one of their best corners, but there's not a ton of knocks on him either. And that's kind of what you look for at that position.
1: Yep, follow-up question, who are the corners going to be? I actually think that that's very well-defined at this point, yeah. um, and it's been this way from the beginning of camp, and certainly since John Jones got off the pup. Uh, it's very clearly going to be Mills and Mitchell uh, on the outside with John Jones in the slot. The question is what happens after that, and I think that that's where the competition really uh, lies is where the depth is going to be. Um, you know, Jawan Williams, you know, kind of last chance to make any sort of impression here. Um, right. I don't know that he's making the most of his opportunities. Malcolm Butler has been up and down. He was not really on the field today, but we're not sure it could have been a veteran rest day as well. Butler's been, you know, hot and cold. I think he's looked pretty good in red zone, yeah. but he's gotten beat uh, a couple of times, um, you know, uh, you know, by you know, by Parker, um, you know, a couple of times in the last couple of days. But how do you see it shaking out behind the starters, Alex? Because I, like I said, I do think that's pretty clear. And you are going to run – uh, a lot of defenses where there's a ton of safeties on the field as well. But what do you think just in terms of the corners?
0: Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I think it's it's Jalen Mills and, and Terrence Mitchell, who's been good so far this camp on the outside. It's going to be Jonathan Jones in the slot. It's Miles Bryant and Marcus Jones competing for the second spot there. Yeah. I, I think Marcus Jones probably has the edge at this point. Behind the boundary, guys, who's but third? It's, in J- my... it's
1: Jack, Jawan, and Butler. So the question right. is, who, who's there?
0: It's it's really, and, and honestly, honestly, and I've been pushing for them to play Justin Bethel more at corner pretty much since he's been here. Yeah. They've done a little bit. He actually looks good at corner when they put him out there. And that's true in this camp too. Again, I don't know how much they're going to do it. This is more something I want them to do than something I think they will do. Right. But I, I think probably right now, Malcolm Butler has the edge over Jack Jones. And then I'd put you on Williams fifth. That's a spot where I could totally see them adding somebody late in camp or even, yep. you know, as the regular season gets started. I I think that, that there might be a player in that rotation who's
1: not on the roster right now. Okay, fair enough. Uh, question here is Cole ready? The answer is no, but it doesn't mean he won't be. Um, but he has He's not so far behind that he can't be ready for week yes, 1. Yes. Right. It is no. Yeah. But it is but he's getting coached. They're being patient. It is very much their intention for him to be the starting left guard when the season uh, begins. And right now he is definitely um, experiencing some rookie growing pains uh, just in terms of where he needs to be and what he needs to do. And there might be some physical issues as well because he's not, you know, he's not a mauler out there. So um, but he's ideally suited for the you know for the zone uh, blocking scheme that they're trying to implement maybe more so than a lot of the incumbents
0: yeah and that's kind of kind of be something that he needs to lean on is he's probably more comfortable in this offense than most guys just because it's what he ran in college we'll see what that looks like when they actually you know play a game a week from tomorrow against the Giants but that is something that might show up in a game more than in practice. That's I'm really interested to see strange in the first game. I think that's going to tell
1: us a lot. Yep. Uh, question here staying on the offensive line, how does Trent Brown look? Uh, I will say superficial or just on the outside, he looks like he'd rather be anywhere else other than training camp a lot of the time, but he's still massive, Alex. And when he gets his hands on people, that's it's game over, you know? He's gotten beat a couple times on a speed rush, uh, and he's run a couple of penalty laps, but. He's still friggin' a well, monster out there. It's just a matter of you know, kind of effort and focus, which you know wax, waxes and wanes a little bit in the dog days of training camp. This is this is kind of how Trent Brown does camp. He looks kind of <laughs> disinterested and checked out.
0: And he's moving slowly, and you think, "Oh man, is he really all here?" And then he just absolutely plants Matthew Judon coming around, the couch, right? <laughs> right just, just just boom, just, just uh, tosses him like an empty grocery him, yeah. bag. And then yeah. he goes back to he just kind of walks back slowly to the huddle and he, you know and then when the game comes he'll be he'll be big mean Trent Brown and he'll get it done. I, I have no, there are concerns about the offensive line. I will say the one guy I actually feel really good about right now is Trent Brown. I think he's been as good as you can expect Trent Brown to be in camp. I love that they've moved him back to the left side. I think he feels really comfortable there. The rest of the line to me is where the question marks are. I think Trent Brown, you're you're good at left tackle with Trent Brown. Uh,
1: a name, another one who's not getting a lot of attention, Ronnie Perkins.
0: Yeah, he hasn't had a ton of opportunities. Not a lot like of, I, not
1: a lot of looks.
0: Like I mentioned, Anthony Jennings has had a good start to camp, and he seems to have filled into that role. That I think it was between him and Perkins for that yep. bigger, more uh, edge setting, strong side outside linebacker. Josh Uche is going to be the third down guy, the pass rush guy in that rotation, but right now it's, it's it, again, in coming into camp, I thought it was Jennings and, and Perkins competing for that one spot. And to this point, very strong advantage. Anthony Jennings, Ronnie Perkins has not been with the ones a ton. He hasn't popped when he has been. So it's not to say it's totally over, but yeah, he's been a little bit quieter than maybe you would have expected to see coming in.
1: Um Another question. We talked about this a little bit earlier, but how are we looking at wide receiver? You know, Alex, you know, was kind of uh you know, lauding the uh, depth at the receiver position, yeah. which, uh, and again, it's, do they have a bunch of pretty good guys or a bunch of guys who are, uh, you know, like that's, you know, you know, that's what, you know, we're not really going to know until you get into game action, but we keep resetting expectations, you know, based off of whatever it is that we're seeing from these guys in terms of who do you expect to be where um and who's going to start. And I, th- I know when, you know, maybe day one or two when we did this, Alex, you had thought it would be, you know, Aguilar, Born, and Myers is kind of the the three, uh, you know, most used guys with other people switching in and Aguilar, out. Aguilar, Parker, and Myers. I, I thought you said Born. And I or thought no, you said sorry, Parker sorry, was sorry,
0: Aguilar, Aguilar, Parker, and Bourne were my, or it was what I want first, what I thought the the group yeah. I wanted. Anyway, whatever. Yeah, but Somebody anyway, can so- go back and pull it.
1: No, it's all good. Um, uh, Doubling up on a question here. Aguilar's looked pretty good. Um, and I think that yeah. Parker is definitely going to be, I think potentially a go-to type receiver on this team. Uh, one that they haven't really had uh, there on the outside. I think they're going to look for him. I think they're going to let him fight for some balls. I think he's going to use that big body. Um, and, uh, you know, you know, we'll see there. Uh, the question is just simply, uh, Myers and whether he has that role, are they going to use somebody else predominantly in the slot a little bit more? Are you going to put somebody else on the outside in three receiver sets can Tyquan Thornton possibly crack, um, you know, things and, and, and be someone who's involved. And we've talked about this a bit throughout. It's still too early to say, but, you know, just based off of what you're seeing here, do you feel, you know, arrow is pointing up for the receivers? Yeah, I feel good about the receivers. I think we
0: talked about this on the show yesterday, right? Yep. When's the last time with the Patriots that, oh, wide receiver, they got all this talent, they got all this depth. The well, offensive line's a major question. I don't know about the starting alignment, and they don't have any depth behind them, right? The script's kind of flipped there. I really like where they're at at wide receiver right now. Sure, they don't have that 1A guy, and that would be nice, and that that should still be a pursuit moving forwards, but this group is a far cry from even just two years ago, when it was you know Demir Bird and and, and and those guys, and I don't mean always pick on Demir Bird; he's just the guy that comes up. Um, but I, they have real NFL talent. I would say they're six deep, maybe seven deep in terms of NFL talent to wide receiver, depending on how you classified Troy, uh, uh, Ty Montgomery, and where exactly yeah, you're at with Trey is, Nixon. But do they
1: have four wide receiver threes and three wide receiver fours, or do they have? I four think Widers they have receiver twos and, and and you know what i mean is like that's kind of what you're talking about so i it, think they have one low level one in parker i think they have three high
0: level twos in myers born and Aguilar. really and i think yeah um and i think thornton thornton i mean the ceiling i i i, I don't want to say something and get like caught wrong but the Taekwon the Thornton hype train is out of control and it should be. He has yeah. been excellent. Like, if he looks in games like he does in camp, we're talking about him as the best receiver on this team. And you're talking about maybe like a mid level one. I
1: know. Right? And and it's, you're really, I know I'm trying reaching, but John, am it. I wrong? He's been no. so good. You're so, really trying to pump the brakes on it, but you're right. It's, he's shown well in, 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 in competitive one on ones and yeah. his hands just look good. He just hauls everything in, you know, it's just, I, do you have a drop for him yet? No, I don't. I don't have a single drop for Thornton. Um, on anything. I'm even talking just little balls that they're running in drills. I'm just, you know, right now everything has looked good and fluid. Um, so yes, the hype train is definitely there, uh, and that would be that's the massive X factor here in terms of like, right? Is this the year that the Patriots get? You see it happen all over the NFL, where all of a sudden this rookie receiver just completely transforms an offense because they're performing in an elite level early. It's way, way, way early to say that. But I mean, we've definitely gone from possible medical redshirt into, could this guy, be something real um in a very short period of time so this is a guy again you are dying to see a game action uh dying dying to see both in the competitive practices against uh other teams and game action uh what he's able to do and if he's able to get himself open uh because that would really be something
0: yeah no i i really think he can play again he's done everything he needs to do so far we still got a long way to go but You know, the comp right now for what he looks like is a taller Brandon Cooks. And I'm somebody who's overrated Brandon Cooks in the past, but, like, it's, we'll see, look, maybe he comes in joint practices and Stephon Gilmore just blankets him. And we're kind of, not back to square one, but it's a bit of a reset. But, you know, you go off the guys that have been here, right? You go off of guys like Nikhil Harry. He's so, so, and you'd hope so, but he's so far ahead of where Nikhil Harry was at this point. You know, Nikhil Harry was making some highlight catches, but he wasn't consistent, and he looked lost at times. You talk about the drops, right? How many times have we seen Taekwon maybe run a wrong route or get an assignment wrong? I can think of one, and I don't know that it was him who got it wrong. It might have been somebody right. else. Yeah. Like, he's he gets it, and that's what – That's exactly it? it. It's everything looks good. I don't remember if it was Myers or – One of the other receivers was asked about him. He was like, yeah, you could tell he was a little lost in the spring, but he's figured it out. And he's like on the same page. That's so big for a rookie receiver. That's and that's why we talk about, you know, why are they overhauling this offense? If it's going to give them so many problems up front. This is why. So a rookie receiver can come in year one, figure it out, make an impact. It didn't happen in the old offense. It's a lot easier for that to happen in this spot,
1: and also, and you know, I'm not not trying to drag, you know, uh, the the you know, the, you know, Mr. Miami over here, um, you know, Tommy Tamper, but uh, you know, not having Tom Brady here to break in a rookie receiver is actually a good thing because um, he, Tom didn't have time for uh, a, the, a learning curve for some people here, um, and so yes, it is a probably a. I mean, it sounds ridiculous to think like a receiver might benefit from having not from having not Tom Brady thrown. Yeah, I don't know. That, that could be your take. <laughs> it was it, that was rough, man. You had a very small window of time to get in Tommy's circle of trust, and if you didn't get in there, forget about it. I'll see you next year. You know. Um, so you know, Thornton. Uh, right now, I like what we see here. A uh, couple more questions, and we'll wrap it up. Uh, Someone asking, has Mac looked good? We've been burying the Patriots offense the whole time. Yes, I do think so. People, You're yeah. asking if it's mainly due to pressure. There's been some pressure. There's also been some separation issues from the receivers. Uh, and as I said earlier, I, I do believe that a lot of the offense's failings have really not much to do with Mac Jones. Agree?
0: Yeah, again, I I think it's issues up front. I, Mac Jones has is, is done what he needs to do. I, I said this when we were kind of doing a season preview. Like, there's a world where... Mac Jones takes that year to jump and the offense as a whole still takes a step back. I'm not saying that because we're seeing it right now, it's going to happen all season, but that's what you're seeing right now where Mac has been better, but the pieces around him aren't elevating to that level. And it's, it's oh. causing issues overall.
1: Is this a, is this a, uh, is this something that's we're like going for for that, Thornton?
0: Yeah. I've seen that kind of popping up. I don't hate it.
1: Let's, <laughs> I don't let's hate it at all. Let's see him in a game first, a second. but I like it. It took me a second. Yeah. It's better, it's better than fast PP, uh, you know, which was, uh, which was the internet nickname that Pritchard got. And everybody was like, yep, we're calling him that. I hated that. I liked Didn't that Re- come from his teammates though. I feel like, I don't know. I hated that, it.
0: That makes it worth something. All right.
1: We had the Boston P party on the garden report, which I thought was fun, but nobody, <laughs> we, we tried, we tried to push that one through, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, Reisa, yeah. Look, I'm
0: sick of, I'm sick of, of number initial nicknames, you know, TB twelve is its own thing, but like, you know, then you get JG ten, MJ ten, uh, you know, you even see it in basketball, right? JB set nah, the answer, the truth, time lord, like these are nicknames, right? So Tall Reek, that's a good nickname. He's got to live up to it. But if he does, yeah, I'll 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 use that one. That's that's a good one.
1: I like it. I like it. The clubhouse yeah. leader right now. Tall Reek oh, is yeah. pretty good. Um. Other than that uh, Alex I think we're pretty good we've taken some questions yeah. here um I am excited about tomorrow um you know thing again you' you're we're hoping tomorrow's podcast is the one where we open up and say you know okay offense uh, here we go uh, what's the number yeah. one thing you want to see and again offensive line seems an easy one but uh, you know what do you want to see tomorrow that would kind of you know make you feel better about um, you know the last last few practices?
0: I mean, that's it. Consistency on offense, right? I talked about it at the beginning of the show. The reason they practiced the way they did today was that slow motion swing, go back through, see what's going wrong, fix it. I want to see if it's fixed. I want to see sustained success from the offense. I want to see them win a drill. I want to see them win multiple drills. That's that that's where I'm at with them at this point. I I just I I want to see them put, you know, string some plays together, to use one of Bill Belichick's favorite phrases. I want to see the offense string some plays together.
1: Yeah, Um, that would be nice Um, string some plays together want to see you know receivers getting open downfield you want to see some time and you definitely want to see the offensive line kind of like communicating a little bit better if they're going to be running some of those zone schemes there Uh, and uh, and and. and, you know, just operating in an altogether higher level. But again, uh, it's early. Third padded practice coming up on Thursday. We'll be down there. It's going to be hot, uh, but look for us later in the afternoon uh, with a another live Patriot Speed podcast. We're probably going to punt on Friday's pod, Alex, with just a uh, – uh, with just that walkthrough in the stadium, but we'll see. Okay. Maybe we'll do. Maybe we'll do something. Uh, maybe we'll do a straight up Q and A on Friday. We'll figure out what we're gonna do there. But we're definitely back tomorrow. In the meantime, uh, Alex Barth had, I believe, did you have? Who'd you have on today? Uh, Mark Daniels. Mark Daniels, Pro Joe on Alex Barth's podcast over at 98.5. So go check that out if you haven't already. Um, And then, of course, make sure you read everything Alex Barth writes over at 98.5, 98.5.com, the sports hub uh, covering the Patriots. What did you write about today? Uh, I got the
0: notebook. Uh, Matt Dolliff did his his Mac watch. He kind of does a closer breakdown of Mac Jones' performance. And uh, yeah, I actually got thrown onto Red Sox duty when I got home with uh, Brian Bayo getting hurt, but
1: uh, he did. He did. Yeah. Uh, wait, Boston sports minute. The best prospect in the Red Sox got hurt. Um, Keeps getting better. It. Who's got it better than us? keeps getting better anyway uh again thanks thanks so much for uh watching slash listening uh if you joined in late here uh you can roll it back it's out there um you can rewatch the video on our youtube channel please subscribe if you haven't already turn on your notifications that way you won't be late next time you'll be notified every time we go live uh and you can also of course listen to the audio version of the patriot speed podcast available wherever it is that you consume your podcast so again thanks guys